Hey, Top Fans is Bill from Top Fan Rivalry here with my co-host Jackson Westfall. How are you, Jackson? I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. We're doing good. So we're going into the 70s tonight. Uh, but before we do that, we got to do our, our Top Fan shameless plug. If you have not gone into Top Fan's locker room access yet, you need to do that. Top Fan locker room access. That will give you access to up-to-date score or scores, up-to-date uh, trades, um, breaking news. And then as the season starts and as we get closer, um, news by team. And it's going to break things down. Plus, there's some behind the paywall articles that you won't see on the normal uh, page. So get on over there at Locker Room Access. Here's the best part. Okay. 36 bucks a year. Not a month, a year. Now, I'm not going to mention which groups, but there's two groups. There's one group that has you pay a buck 99 a month for six months and then 7.99 every month thereafter. And there's another group that you actually have to subscribe to their channel that's 15 bucks a month. Okay. We're talking 36 bucks a year to get your sports news. Come on over to Top Fan. And we got great gear over there too. We got more hats in the um, in the in the um, storage facility. We're ready to go, we're ready to get those things out. So, anyways, come check it out at topfanrivalry.com. Get your locker room access. Life is good. Now, enough of that. Jackson, let's just talk the 70s. Right, the disco era, yeah. the era of the of the awesome, um, colorful uniforms. Right, the pirates uniforms, <laughs> the Astros uniforms, the era of the baby blue uniforms. So, all right, Jackson, who are you starting out with? All right, so I'm going to set the stage for you. I want you Go. to try and guess this one because I'm really excited for this pick. So, this player played for six teams in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And he had four seasons where he had 30 home run, at least 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Had over 1,500 hits for the decade. Dick Allen? No. It is Bobby Bonds. Bobby Bonds? Oh, Bobby nice Bonds. Ball. I was talking to my dad on the phone today, and Bobby Bonds was one of those picks. And I was talking to him. He's like, that's, that's a really good pick. Bobby Bonds had a fantastic decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, he had 1,565 hits and uh, – in 10 seasons. I mean, that's fantastic. He had 255 doubles, 51 triples, 208 home runs. He stole 380 bases for the decade Had an 840 OPS. I mean, the guy showed up and he was consistent all decade long, kind of struck out a lot, but he also drew a lot of walks. And I mean, he got on base, got on yeah. base, hit lots of doubles, hit lots of home runs, had good speed. Yeah. He Love played it. for the, played for the giants, the Yankees, the angels, the white Sox, the Rangers and the Indians. Yeah. See, uh, I thought that uh, Dick Allen was the the traveling guy, but apparently not. Apparently it was uh, apparently it was Bobby Bonds. Nice pick. Nice leadoff pick. I like that. I like that. Okay, so um, my pick is not going to surprise you at all. There's some Captain Obvious ones in here. My my pick's not going to surprise you in the least, 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 least. Okay, ten time All Star throughout the decade. MVP 1970, 1972. Uh, 1,396 hits, 290 home runs, uh, batted only 267 with an OPS of 840. But for a catcher, 267 is great, and that would be Johnny Bench. Yeah, great pick. Johnny Bench is probably the greatest catcher of all time. What In, in a decade where we could probably mention as an honorable mention Carlton Fisk, right? Yeah. But 
Johnny Bench was just the the catcher extraordinaire in my in my book. I mean, he won two MVPs as a catcher. How many catchers do you know can win one MVP, let alone two in the same decade? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, who you got next? I think we're gonna stay with the big red machine, Joe Morgan. Of course, of course. I mean, hold on one sec. My internet decided to stop working. <laughs> oh, and for you, for you uh, top fans out there listening to this, Jackson's the top fan stats guy, so you don't want his internet stop working. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I think I got it back. There we go. So, yeah. So Joe Morgan, he started the the decade. His first two years, seventeen seventy one, he was in Houston, and he moved to Cincinnati and was part of the the big red machine. He went back to back MVPs in nineteen seventy five and nineteen seventy six. Um, I mean, he had an 860 OPS for the decade, 173 home runs, 1,400 hits, 404 on base percentage, <laughs> stole 488 bases. Yeah. I mean, he, he did it all. He was an integral cog in, in the big red machine. He was, I mean, like we already mentioned Johnny Bench, but he's one of their, the four key guys on that team that really – made them dominant. They won six, six division titles and they made the championship series four times. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And won a couple world series. So I think it was three world series, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. 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 I like it. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to take us back to, I'm going to take us on the bump for a second because this one may or may not be a player. When you look at his wins versus losses, you kind of look at it and go, Hmm. But I'm going to take you to Gaylord Perry, ages 31 to 40. You have him on your list? Of course. Okay. Ages 31 to 40, um, 184 wins. Here's what's impressive about him. He's got a um, 2.92 ERA. He pitched almost 2,900 innings in that decade. But here's what's impressive about him. In that decade, 368 starts, 197 complete games. More than half of the games that he pitched, he pitched and completed. But like, crazy. you don't you don't hear that anymore, right? I mean, we're talking about guys going out there. If he could just give me five innings, five innings, yeah, five innings. So Gaylord Perry. I mean, he won two Cy Youngs. He won one in Cleveland, one one in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I mean, and those were on like the the back half of his career per se in his, his mid thirties and early forties. So great pick. Thank you. You're up next. All right. I mean, I should probably knock one of the obvious ones out of the way. Um, let's go to one of my favorite players. One of my dad's favorite players, Nolan Ryan. Ooh. Ooh. Does it get any better than that? I don't think it does. Nolan Ryan, it was just, you know, you think modern pitchers strike out a lot of batters. You just just hear these strikeout totals. In 1972, he struck out 329 batters. 1973, he set the major league record and struck out 383 batters. And 1974, struck out 367. Then he was kind of hurt the next year, only struck out 186, but then he struck out 327 and then 341 batters. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. I mean, he's he's notorious for his – his bad control, always hitting batters, always walking a lot of guys. But when you can strike guys out at that rate, 
Yeah. Does it, does it matter at that rate? No, it doesn't. What surprises, no. what surprises me is he never won a Cy Young award. He had some pretty yeah. good seasons in there. 1972, 2.28 ERA. Uh, 1973, 2.87, 1974, 2.89, 277, 1977. Yeah, he's – Nolan Ryan was the man. Everybody knows that. Everybody everybody can admit that. And it's – like you say, it's amazing that there are certain things that that he didn't have, um, like Cy Young Award winning stuff. But, you know, uh, okay, we'll, we'll take it, right? We'll take it. All right, I'm going to stay on the bump. I'm going to go with one that, that you may or may not think about, okay? Uh, this guy came up in the, the 70s at age 19, okay? Was an all-star in 1973, had 148 wins, had 350 starts with 145 complete games. So, again, almost half, right, about 40%. Had a 2.88 ERA through – 2,624 innings in the decade, um, had 2,082 strikeouts in the decade, and had a strikes per nine innings at 7.1. Who do I got? Burt Bylevin. Ah, Burt Bylevin. There we go. Yeah. That's not one that you think about in the 70s because you think about him a little bit more in the 80s. but And I'm sure we'll bring him up in the 80s. But when I'm looking at his numbers, Jackson, it how do we not talk about this guy? I right. mean, yeah, he's he's one of those again. I used it last time when we were talking about the '60s, a sneaky Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that nobody thinks about until so you sit back and look at his stats and go, "Oh my goodness!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> what happened here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had two thousand strikeouts in one decade. That's crazy. People are paying attention. Right, people are paying attention. I mean, and it's hard to pitch in a lot of different ballparks. And you know, he played in Minnesota, played in Texas for a couple of years, and switched over to Pittsburgh. It's it's hard to be consistent while jumping teams, let alone jumping leagues from like National League to American League, American League to National League. Correct. Different. You got to face different hitters. You got different travel. Correct. Okay, who's your fourth pick? All right, I think I will stay on the bump and make my father proud. And I'll talk about a pitcher that I guess I'll quote my grandfather talking about this pitcher that he can make the ball dance. And he's the only only player I've ever seen make a baseball break upward. It's Phil Necro. Good call. Good call. So Phil Necro pitched forever. <laughs> yeah, he did. The advantage of being a knuckleballer, but he had a, he had a pretty solid seventies decade. He posted a three point two six ERA, started three hundred seventy six games, threw one hundred sixty complete games, uh, twenty eight hundred innings, eighteen hundred strikeouts, and <laughs> the funniest stat for me is he led the league in losses three years in a row, but he made over forty starts each of those years. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's just crazy that like a Hall of Fame pitcher of that caliber, it's it just shows that baseball's a team game. But he threw over 300 innings four times in the decade, and I remember my dad and my grandfather especially just telling me he'd just go out on the bump. He he was reliable every four days. Necro was on the mound. He's the guy yep. you can count on, and that's what makes players great. You know. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
I'm going to, I mean, we're going to get to the hitters in a second. I'm going to still stay on the bump. I'm going to give you another one, Jackson, that you may not be thinking. Okay. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. He pitched for the Oakland A's and the San Diego Padres. He was a five time all star. He pitched years 23 through 32 through the decade. He had 84 wins and 85 losses with an ERA of 2.89. So he had a, um, he had a losing record. He only started 29 games with three complete games. Okay. But he also had 209 saves and he also had a 7.2 strikeouts to nine innings. Um, and the best looking mustache in all of baseball, Raleigh fingers, Raleigh fingers. You know what? I, mean, I forgot that Raleigh fingers played in the seventies and I forgot to put him on my list. So, yeah, no, he's he, yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about him in the eighties again, but in the seventies, he was one of those guys, Jackson, and and I think we'll both agree to this. He was one of those guys that revolutionized the save, revolutionized the. I mean, because we're talking about guys that are pitching complete games, right? Now you got a bullpen that's going to come back and do something. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with another former Oakland Athletic, um, another savory character, Catfish Hunter. Woo! I forgot about Catfish. Nice call. Also a very nice mustache on Catfish Hunter. He started 327 games in the decade, and he threw 140 complete games, 2,300 innings, 2,399, so 2,400 innings, had a 3.17 ERA, and he pitched for a very good Oakland team. He won 25 games in 1974 when he won the Cy Young, had a 2.49 ERA, sub one whip. I mean – that's absolutely ridiculous. A 318 in the third innings to have a 2.49 ERA. That's pretty good. Yeah. In 1975, he won 23 games and 328 innings. So, I mean, when I when I thought 70s, I was sitting around thinking, I thought, you know, Catfish Hunter popped into my head. And just looking back, he, he was a really great player. And he retired early at the age of 33. But for the decade, he was really dominant until his last year, 1979, at the Yankees, when he wasn't so great. But every year before that, he was pretty solid and pretty consistent. Won 20 I, games. I 20 games, agree. five years in a row. Couldn't agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. Um, yeah, I yeah, Cat Catfish is 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 a good dude. Is a good good call. Okay, my last bump. Okay, this is my last. Guy in the bump because I've got a ton of position players. Uh, pitched age 25 to 34, played for the Mets, 178 wins, 375 uh, starts, 147 complete games, 7.8 strikeouts per nine, um, only through 2,652 innings. I mean, so he was barely out there, right? And he had 2,034 Strikeouts, let's give it up. Let's hear it for Tom Seaver. I mean, should have been a brave, but that's a topic for a different video. (laughs) We're we're picking all the ways to get make Jackson crusty, ladies and gentlemen. We're working on making (laughs) Jackson a little uh, crusty and salty. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but. Tom Seaver's a fantastic pitcher. He won three Cy Young Awards in his career. 
Mm-hmm. Which is just mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. The 1.76 ERA in 1971 is <laughs> crazy. And we talked about it in the last decade. You know, they they raised the mound for the 1969 season. It didn't seem to slow some of these guys down at all. They seemed to get better. <laughs> they put the mound down lower and shrunk the strike zone. And the elite pitchers, you know, they just they did what they did best. They attacked with their good stuff. Yeah, good. I mean, Tom Seaver. All right, Jackson, who's your sixth pick? I have so many names on here. I have to pick a good one. You got six, but, seven, eight, nine, and then you're going to have two honorable mentions. Who do you got? All right. I think I'm going to have to talk about Reggie Jackson. Woo, good call. He's on my list. Reggie, 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 Reggie. I mean, Reggie Jackson was just an absolute monster. Fantastic mustache again. The 70s, just best facial hair. Best facial hair. All the baseball cards from back then look clean with all the facial hair these guys have. But, you know, he had a 508 slugging percentage for the whole decade, hit 292 home runs, 1,400 hits. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why he's a Hall of Famer. Finished top five of MVP voting three times, won MVP in 1973. Not much else to say. No, no, no. Uh, Mr. October, right? 1977, 1978, he showed that he shows up in October. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to go across the country. Well, actually, he started, Jackson started in Oakland, then he was finished that decade in, in New York. I'm going to go with the guy that played for Boston, St. Louis, and uh, the Dodgers. Five-time All-Star, 1,355 hits, 247 doubles, 39 triples, 255 home runs, two, uh 92 batting average and 881 OPS. Also named Reggie, Reggie Smith, with the best Afro of the 70s. So that guy, that guy gets many awards right, right there for me. But interestingly enough, when he played with the Dodgers, he kind of hit the Dodgers in that mid 70s era when they were playing the Yankees in the World Series and things. And nobody paid as much attention to him because you had that Dodger infield. Garvey Lopes, Russell Say. So not everybody was paying attention to Reggie Smith, but I mean, 225 big flies in a, in a decade is pretty good. Yeah. What you got for me? Uh, the great Mike Schmidt. Oh man, that was the next place I was going to go. <laughs> nice call. <laughs> I mean, Mike Schmidt has probably one of the weirdest distinctions as the only National League player, the third baseman, excuse me other than Nolan Arenado, the lead, the league in home runs and RBIs in back-to-back years. He didn't do that till the eighties though, but Mike Schmidt was an absolute monster. He didn't really break onto the scene until 1974, but I mean, his second full season, 36 home runs, 160, 116 RBIs, eight too shabby with a 941 OPS. He hit 235 home runs in the decade and 947 hits. And that's in seven full seasons. So, I mean, the man can absolutely mash. He's the only player to have multiple four home run games, I believe. And he did yeah. it three times. <laughs> yeah. Every time I think of Mike Schmidt, every time Jackson, I think of Mike Schmidt, I think of when he hit number 500 and the announcer says, Michael Jack Schmidt. And, you know, it's, I can't think of Mike Schmidt without calling him Michael Jack Schmidt for some reason. <laughs> and I mean, it is what it is, but he, 
he was pretty uh he was pretty dynamic that guy um he was also on my list all right so um so let me see if i can surprise you with one okay let me see if i can surprise you with one my next pick uh played the entire decade in minnesota came up as a, a second baseman finished his career as first baseman um what's impressive about this guy is in the decade he had 1747 hits was never a power hitter never a power hitter um but i'm going to read you some of his batting averages Rio 307, 318, 350, 364, 359, 331, 388. By the way, 388 was with a 16 or 616 at bats. So he had 239 hits that season. 333, 318, 331. A Hall of Famer who finished his career with 3,053 hits, the great Rod Carew. Yep. We we can't not mention Rod Carew in this. No, we we can't. It he was just he won MVP, only hitting fourteen home runs. Mm-hmm. Hundred RBI, only fourteen home runs. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, he had thirty eight doubles, sixteen triples, and two hundred thirty nine hits. And that'll do it for you. But mm-hmm. he's just one of those special kind of contactors. Um, kind of contact. Yes. Well, I think best pure contact hitters of all time. It's probably Rod Carew, Ted Williams, and Tony Gwynn. Yes. 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 Totally agree. Totally agree. All right. All right. Who's number uh, Who's number eight for you? Number eight for me. All right. I'm going to talk about probably one of the more – I mean, I'll go back to the Phillies. You know, Steve Carlton. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, why does it no. do this to me whenever I need it to go? <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, Steve Carlton was fantastic. He had a 3.18 ERA uh, for St. Louis and Philadelphia throughout the decade, including just an absolutely monstrous season in 1972 with a 1.97 ERA. Um, he threw 30 complete games that year for 346 in the third innings. Struck out 310 batters. Again, we're starting to see the evolution of, you know, a lot of these power guys that strike out a lot. And in turn, the pitchers are getting a lot more strikeouts. And Steve Carlton was a workhorse for the Phillies when they weren't so great all the time. But, you know, Steve Carlton was one of those – he and Mike Schmidt were the two constants in the bright spots for the Phillies for the most part. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good call. That's a very, very good call. Um, I am going to go with somebody again who, uh, this guy only played six years in this decade and we're going to talk about him in the eighties for doggone sure, but he only played six seasons in this decade. He ended up posting 976 hits, uh, but listen to this batting average, 269, 309, 282, 320, 315, 325. 294. Uh, in 1977, he had 39 um, home runs with the 320 batting average. Um, OPS that season of 969. 
Uh, the following season, he says, you know what? Anything you can do, I can do better. With 677 at-bats, 46 home runs, 139 RBIs, 315 batting average, and a 970 OPS. That's Jim Rice. Ooh, that's a great call. Yeah. Well, now, we're going to talk about him in the 80s, too, but it's – it's you, you got to – got to give that guy a little sugar right i mean yeah we have to he wasn't on my list because i already had like almost 25 players i had to trim it down <laughs> for coming yeah. on tonight yeah Great call. yeah okay so who do you got for your for your last one now top fans please understand when we're saying when we're saying hey who do you got for six seven eight this is not like an order these are just numbers that were thrown yeah. out we could x and i could do this all night but you guys are going to fall asleep driving so <laughs> We're only going to give you nine from him and nine from me. So there you go. 18 yeah. players. Go ahead, Jackson. All right. So he was a three-time Cy Young Award winner in the American League for the decade. Posted a 2 5 8 ERA, won 186 games, threw 2,700 innings, struck out 1,559 batters. And then the fun trivia fact that my dad did remind me about today is he never gave up a grand slam in his entire career. Do you know who this pitcher is? Hall of Famer. John Sutton? It's Jim Palmer. Oh, oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> so, my J- bad. Jim, yeah, Jim Palmer won 20 games this decade eight times. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, he, he, he won a few games here and there. <laughs> He's pretty good. Um, he also holds a distinction in 1971 along with, uh, here I have their names written down, along with, Dave McNally, Pat Dobson, and Mike Cuellar as the only pitching staff to have four 20-game winners on it. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, Jim Palmer was the last one to reach 20 wins. The best one of them all. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so my final pick before we get to honorable mentions, my final pick is one that so I was tossing between this one and the honorable mention, but I'm going to go with this one and only because of power numbers. Okay. The honorable mention, the one or two honorable mentions that I have, don't hate me, Boston fans, that I'm not going to include him. I will in the honorable mention, um, unless Jackson does. Um, I'm going to go with Willie Stargell, four-time All-Star, MVP 1969, 26 or 20, or I'm sorry, 1,261 hits, 296 home runs, um, OPS at 290, uh, 298. So there's other places that we could have, I could have gone there, but. Mm. I mean, we talked about him in the sixties. Willie Stargell was a fantastic, just your prototypical left-handed hitting first baseman that smacks, just launches missiles over the yeah. right field wall. Exactly. exactly. Big, strong, big, strong guy. Big, strong guy. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so give me give me two or three honorable mentions, Jackson, and maybe one if you have. I've got a couple of them that we're going to mention in the 80s, but I'll bring them up. But give me a couple of your honorable mentions. Uh, one of my honorable mentions will be Vita Blue, uh, the pitcher of the Athletics. Nice. He had eight shutouts in 1971 when he won the Cy Young Award, uh, 1.82 ARA. Had a pretty good decade overall, 3.09 ERA uh, through 2,300 innings. So he's one. And then uh, obviously uh, we'll probably talk about him next decade, but a young starter named Den- Dennis Eckersley. Yes. In his yes. Decade. yes. 
he pitched five seasons as a starter um, before, in the 70s. He pitched as a starter for a little bit longer before becoming a reliever. But he posted a 3.12 ERA, 1,100 innings, which isn't too shabby. And then, I mean, the last honorable mention has to be another cog in that big red machine, Tony Perez. I like it. Uh, I like Tony Perez. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had a good decade, 1,500 hits. Three, over 300 doubles, 226 home runs, 827 OPS. Yeah, he um, – I looked him up recently. I was looking through Hall of Fame voting, and his numbers – he was the guy that just flew under the radar because everybody's talking about Pete Rose or Joe Morgan or Johnny Bench or Dave Concepcion. They weren't talking about Tony Perez yet. He was just quietly doing it, quietly doing it. So, yeah. Um, okay, so a couple honorable mentions. I, I honestly think um, – is that – do you have any more honorable mentions that you want to bring in, Jackson? I mean, I have one more, but I'm sure you're going to mention them because you alluded to Red Sox fans, so I'll, I'll let you take them. Who, who do you think it is, Jackson? Carlton Fisk. No. No. Oh. Go ahead with Carlton Fisk. It is not Carlton Fisk. It's not Carlton Fisk. Oh, this is awkward. Yes. We, we almost made the Red Sox fans double mad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for you that there be tough. Go ahead and tell me about Carlton Fisk. I mean, he he was just a solid backstop. Uh, posted over 800 OPS for the decade. Uh, was a multi. He won Rookie of the Year in 1972. Mm. Was an All Star six times. Had 959 hits, 144 home runs. Uh, Played pretty solid defense, from what I understand. Won a couple gold gloves. There you go. So, so, so this guy I'm going to mention that I was thinking about that has to be brought up. He had some really good years in the '60s. Um, in the '70s, he had he had great years in this the '60s. In the '70s, he had some really good years. '80s, he kind of tapered off a little bit. Um, he had one year, 1970, where he had 40 home runs, um, but hits. I'm going to read you his hits totals. Uh, starting in 1970, hits totals 186, 129, 120, 160, 155, 146, 146, 165, 145, 140. Um, batting averages ranged anywhere from 255, um, one year all the way down or all the way up to 329, and that's uh, Carly Skrimsky. Yeah. We've got to mention him. Um, a couple of other other honorable mentions that I, I think are are worthy of the honorable mention category here. Um, Ron Guidry broke in in 1975. We'll probably talk about him in the 80s. Um, kind of like Dennis Eckersley, he kind of broke in, and he was that guy that the Louisiana Lightning, right, mm-hmm. pitched in the 77-78 World Series, uh, was tight with Thurman Munson. Um, Bruce uh, Suter broke in in the 70s. I think he only had like 29 or 30 wins, and we'll talk about him in the 80s. Um, and then a, and I only bring this up because he only played in 1979. Um, and I only bring this up because he didn't play very many games, but he had 33 stolen bases in a short period of time, and that's Ricky Henderson. Yeah. And we'll give him a lot of sugar in the 80s. But you, you, you can't not give that guy sugar because that guy was amazing in his, I mean, 
to come up to break in and to get uh, 33 stolen bases. Yeah, you're I mean, pretty good. I mean, yeah, Ricky Ricky was an athlete, but we'll talk about him more next time. Yeah, we're not we're not going to blow. We're going to we're going to give that sugar a little rest here for a few minutes, but anyways, um Jackson, I think we did really good on the seventh. You know, I scrolled through one more note that I had and I would be remiss to not mention Pete Rose. Yeah. <laughs> because Pete Rose had his, probably his best professional decade. I mean, over a 10-year span, he had 2,045 hits, uh, 1,068 runs scored, had almost 400 doubles. <laughs> Just, I, you know, two, hey, I'm that's glad crazy. You I'm glad you mentioned him, Jackson, because he's that guy. He's legit that guy that when I think of Pete Rose, I think of Mike. But in the 70s, he had his, his best decade. And so we totally blew that. Um, but yeah. I'm glad you mentioned I mean, yeah. That. He scored over with the big red machine. He scored over 100 runs seven times, <laughs> averaged over 200 hits a season. I mean, <laughs> that would have been a big, a big oopsie if we missed that one. <laughs> he was a little okay then, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 2,000 hits for a decade is pretty good. I mean, he probably could have retired after that and made the Hall of Fame. There you go. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, next next decade series, we're going to have another special guest in. Um, Jackson's uh, made me aware that Ned will be joining us for the 80s decade, which will make it even more fun, Pop fans. Um, and we have some one-offs. Jackson and I are working on some one-offs that will be coming uh, through for each decade. We want to talk – we still want to talk about the 1941 – um, MVP. We want to talk about uh, the 1961 home run race, right? In the 70s, there's a ton of stuff that we can talk about, but be geared up for that. Again, top fans, please, please, please go onto the site, go onto topfanrivalry.com, go into the locker room access, click on the button um, and get your locker room access. There is stuff. Jackson, is it worth the 36 bucks a year? You've been on it today. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, right now it's lacking a bit of stuff, but that's because the season hasn't been been rolling yet. Spring training technically started today. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. We had four games that started today. But all the camps should be together, and I mean, baseball's back, guys. Yeah, it's back. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So, so Jackson, <clears throat> I think we did good. I'm so grateful that you mentioned Pete Rose because that would have been a that would have been a minor faux pas. We might have gotten a little bit of heat from from the Cincinnati fans who might have heat, heat from Pete Rose himself maybe yeah what are you doing how, how did you forget me sorry Pete sorry we're well, sorry man sorry man how's that hall of fame going Pete sorry my bad oh I should mention that Pete my bad anyways top fans we look forward to having you on uh the podcast we are loving how much you're loving these decade series I was just showing Jackson statistics um, top fan has the original decade series that we started with the dead ball era um, has over 2000 or 200 listens to it. So keep in, enjoying it. We're doing it for the labor of love for you guys. Let us know what you think. If there's anything we can do better, if you want to be on a podcast, uh, feel free to either reach out on the Instagram page and send a message to the top fan rivalry page, either myself, Bill will respond to you or, um, Somebody uh, will respond to you um, or send us an email, topfanrivalry at gmail.com. Love to hear your thoughts. Love to see what you, if you want to participate. 
Um, please be patient with us and getting back to you, but we'd love to have you on. This is the best fan page that you're going to find um, on, I think, in baseball. So, Jackson, I mean, uh, why don't yeah. we sign ourselves off and, and try it again soon, yeah? Yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and we hope you'll listen again. Awesome. All right, have a good one, top fans. We'll talk to you soon.